getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. We are coming to you from the Vivid Seats studio. With me, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, unfortunately, a day has passed since last we were able to chat with our listeners. And uh, the Broncos, they took some hits in the in the Raiders game in the health department. One, not as bad as was feared. The other one, as bad as was feared. We're going to talk about that today. How are you doing, brother? I'm good. Uh, kind of recuperating from that game and putting it behind me now. New week, uh, new opponent. If Broncos make their home debut Sunday. We can only hope, Chad, the Broncos escape with a win, and not just with a win, but you know, uh, a little healthier than losing a starting player and a really, really good backup player. It's been pretty myopic. You know, the fans have been pretty down. Everyone was so optimistic and excited to see this Vic Fangio team and. You know, they were minus two starters on defense. I think fans need to remember that. Todd Davis and Bryce Callahan. This wasn't the full vision that Vic Fangio and John Elway had in mind when they were supposed to take the field against the Oakland Raiders. But obviously, that game didn't go anyway. I mean, not just Mile High Huddle and Zach and myself. I mean, I think our staff picked 1,000% Broncos in the game. But you go around the horn, even in local media, the Denver uh, radio guys were picking Broncos. The TV guys picked the Broncos. National guys were picking Broncos with very few exceptions. So I think everyone right now is trying to refocus and get a beat on what the real complexion and direction of this team is. Yeah, and and fans need to get off the ledge a little bit, and they're still saying that uh, the same narratives, you know, same old Broncos and nothing really changed from last year and Fangio's a bust and Flacco's a bust. It's one game. It's four quarters. It's not indicative of anything. We will look back on week one, 14, 15 weeks from now and say, what were we thinking? It's a completely different team, completely different situation. It was a bad loss. Yes, it was disappointing. It was deflating. There's no excusing that loss, but there's still a lot of football left this season. And the Broncos can rebound this week by scoring a win over a really good you know, opponent in the NFC, a Super Bowl contender in the Bears. If they do that, no one's going to even remember the first game. And I'll, let me also tell this to our, our listeners. The NFL players that I've talked to, you know, they'll tell you that when it comes to getting a beat on the direction and overall, you know, state of a team, you can't really see what a team's going to be until about week 
three or four at the soonest, especially in the modern NFL, just because of how little the starters play. And even with teams that have little turnover, no coaching turnovers, no starting quarterback turnovers, like you don't really know what the, a team has until you get to about week three and four, and, and these starters have finally kind of gotten into football shape, and the coaches have ironed out the kinks in their scheme. So pump the brakes on the hysteria, pump the brakes on the myopic view of your team, and let's try and instill a little bit more optimism back into this thing. Cautious optimism, but optimism nonetheless. Now, today we got a great show for you guys. We're going to talk about a couple of injuries, what's latest on Juwan James, the latest on Tim Patrick, what it means for the Broncos, and then we're going to invite on two experts from Chicago, who cover the Chicago Bears every day down at the facility, going to give us the inside scoop on what to expect from Vic Fangio's former squad. But first, you guys, a couple of quick reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, especially for our new listeners. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Leave us a creative review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear. If you don't like what you hear, we don't deserve it. And those of you on YouTube... Keep doing what you're doing, but I want to remind the 30% or so of you who are listening to the show every single day on YouTube but aren't subscribing, you guys hit that subscribe button and the notification bell if you want to be notified every time we upload a new podcast or video. Fantasy football season is here, and this season there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game every single week. If you never played FanDuel fantasy football before, That's great because new users get $20 insight credit if they deposit $20. Each and every year, fantasy football helps hardcore fans like us and even the casual fans to get that much more passionate and involved in the NFL regular season. But don't get stuck in a lineup that you're going to regret. With FanDuel, you can pick a new team each and every week. FanDuel is way more flexible with your options and the injuries and busts, guess what? They don't end your season. Plus, you get the chance to win millions of dollars. Sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonus. Just make your first deposit of $20 to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash DFS Fantasy. That's FanDuel.com slash DFS Fantasy, or download the FanDuel app. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. All right, Zach, Jawan James, 10 snaps against the Oakland Raiders on Monday night, goes down. Everyone held their breath. It wasn't looking good. Fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately side is he's only going to miss somewhere around four to six weeks. going to miss several weeks, quote-unquote, but it's not season-ending. It's fortunate that it's not because he was their free agent prize and he's kind of the the thing that makes that offensive line go right now because of his talent level and he, they – Thought they finally found that guy that would stabilize the right side after failing with Manalik Watson and Donald Stevenson. And like those two guys, I mean, that was his rap, Juwan James, in Miami. He was injury-prone, and that's what happens when you sign injury-prone players. They get injured. 
Fortunately for the Broncos, it's not a, a torn ACL, torn meniscus, something like that, ligament damage. It is a multi-week injury, and the Broncos will have to cross their fingers now with Elijah Wilkinson. And if they were smart, maybe call up some depth or acquire a player because they have no one right now. Uh, yeah, that's as much as we can glean from that. Uh, you know, the Broncos offensive line, it really sucks for them because they had no cohesion, no chemistry in the preseason. They play one game and their big star right tackle goes down. It's just unfortunate. I think the Broncos, now I could be wrong on this, but I think the Broncos are going to roll one week as is without making a roster move on the O-line, cutting someone else and adding someone short term while James is there. I think they're going to roll with Wilkinson. Of course, they have to at right tackle. And and tell and and before trying to call someone up like Jake Rogers off the practice squad or make an outside signing, I think they're going to see how he holds up. Hope cross their fingers, nothing else strikes for, on the injury front. And if it does, you don't have Jake Rogers on the roster yet. He's practice squad, can't suit up. Obviously, what do you think the Broncos would do in such a situation? Do you think in that situation they do what they don't want to have to do, but down they're down to their third right tackle option? They grab Dalton Reisner from left guard, kick him out to right tackle. I really wouldn't disrupt Reisner's progression at his spot. I mean, the Broncos need an interior push. They got to get that ground game going. And he was their bright spot last week. Along the offensive line was Reisner getting pushed. I would not disrupt him at all. If just get a veteran player, acquire one, sign one, whatever, just get some depth behind Wilkinson. He's a capable player. You can get by with him. He can hold the fort, but he's not a long-term starter. And if he goes down, the Broncos are royally screwed right now. I would, if I had it my way, I would just prefer the Broncos get some veteran guy. I know it's easier said than done, but the lack of experience and the lack of depth on the offensive line for what seems like the millionth season is just rearing its head once again. Eric Trickle had an article, for those of you who might have missed it, at milehighhuddle.com. It's still up there. Go check it out, where he kind of breaks down a few options that are out there the Broncos could look at in terms of bolstering the tackle position while James is out. So go check that out. Now, the other injury, of course, was to Tim Patrick, who turns out broke his hand against the Raiders. Broncos placed him on injured reserve on Wednesday and, surprise, surprise, rekindled things with River Craycraft, who, of course, made the initial roster on Saturday on the final cutdown day, woke up Sunday, was cut, and now he's back. But the unfortunate news for River is, you know, he started his career as a Bronco wearing the number 15. That's That was given to Jawan Winfrey, and he happily took 11. He wanted the jersey number 11. But guess what? The guy who replaced him on the roster initially, Deontay Spencer, he's now wearing 11. So he's uh, unless he wants to pony up some coin to Spencer, which he probably doesn't have, He's going to have to pick a different number. Now, I believe he picked 12 now, which is Paxton Lynch's number. So good, go. good luck with that. Uh, it's uh, Craycraft. I, I've always liked his game. We talked about him a lot, Chad. He's, he's a good player to have on the team. Can play offense, can play uh, teams on punt returner. Sure, sure-handed guy. I don't know if he's going to dress. I don't know if that, they need that many receivers. But in terms of Patrick, that's a guy I liked. But if there's one receiver in this core that you have to lose I guess unfortunately it would be Tim Patrick he wasn't really making much noise uh, in the summer so it's unfortunate for him but they have enough weapons on offense enough like-minded receivers tall possession receivers where they can get by without Patrick and it's unfortunate but injury is how teams kind of find out what they have in other players it's how stars can be born I mean we've seen it time and time again in the NFL and this is an opportunity for Juwan Winfrey to take another step up the ladder and leapfrog up the depth chart. And he didn't dress on Monday night, but I would expect him to dress on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Now, speaking of the Chicago Bears, you guys, 
We have two awesome guests from the Bear Report podcast that we're going to bring on here in just a second. But first, we just got to take one more break. We'll be right back. And then from on the other side on out, there will be no more breaks. So bear with us for one minute. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course, you'd take the money, right? So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Now, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with my bookie if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. But did you know that you can actually bet on games even after they kick off? If by the second half it looks like your bet's going south, you can always just take the other side, believe it or not. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. That's promo code OVERTIME. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And joining us now are Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming of the Bear Report podcast, our brethren on the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Guys, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. This is uh, going to be an interesting game and uh, hopefully a fun one. We're curious what your thoughts are on we, – we just recorded another podcast for the Bear Report guys, had a great long conversation with them kind of getting uh, our insight on, on the Broncos and the state in Denver right now. What we're curious about, one of the hot topics anyway, is what the Sam Hill is going on with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, last year he looked like, you know, just the next up-and-coming franchise, young caliber guy in the vein possibly of your – Maybe not quite Patrick Mahomes, but your Jared Goffs of the world, your Carson Wentz is possibly highly drafted quarterback, turning the corner in year two, and then he comes out and lays that egg in week one. What's what's the reasoning behind that? What's the view on on him going into this second game of the season? 
Yeah, um, I just think he flat out struggled. Uh, he's making the same mistakes that he was making last season. It's going to be his third year in the NFL. Uh, generally in Chicago, we kind of take his first season um, under John Fox as kind of just a throwaway season. They really didn't let him throw the ball down the field. as a lot of checkdowns. And then last year, you know, we thought, okay, they'll make some progression. He started off really rough last season. Um, but he did get better um, as, the, as the time went on, and, and he made some strides. He laid an egg in the playoff game the first half, but I mean, Aaron can attest to this. His second half against the Eagles in that playoff game, he showed, yeah, I can be that quarterback. He made some nice throws, put him in position before Cody Parkey double-doinked it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all offseason we heard from Matt Nagy and, and Mark Helfrich was that Trubisky's ready. He's taken that next step. He's He's got command of the offense. Flash forward to um, last Thursday here. And he laid a stinker. I mean, he was really bad. Granted, the whole offense played bad. The offensive line was really bad. Matt Nagy's play calling was bad. They didn't establish the run game. But Trubisky was making the same mistakes, not setting his feet, uh, not getting the hips right, sailing throws. And the one thing that drove a lot of us nuts was he has one read. It's Allen Robinson, and then he panics and tucks it and runs. It it was a very frustrating performance. And, And right now, there's not a lot of faith, I'd say, from the fan base in him. Well, I think, you know, kind of add on to that, it, it's been an interesting offseason because you have Matt Nagy and this coaching staff talking up Trubisky, talking him up, talking him up, talking him up. Zach was at camp. Zach was at OTAs. Like, it, it, there was never a point when Trubisky looked like he had kind of turned that corner into the year three quarterback. I mean, we, we didn't really ever see that. And again, this comes back to consistency, 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 whether it's his accuracy, whether it's his footwork, whether it's his hips, whether it's his decision making, anything. I mean, it, even within the game, I mean, Zach just pointed out, I mean, he had a had a terrible first half against the Eagles in the playoff game. Then he comes out in the second half and looks like a completely different quarterback. That's what we saw last year. It was the first three games are terrible. Then he had a really nice stretch in there. Uh, then it was a little inconsistent in the last like three or four games. It kind of pulled it back a little bit and he, and he looked pretty good. And, and unfortunately, again, that's kind of what we're seeing this year so far from Trubisky. I think at least for me, the the concern that I have right now that is starting to grow is his understanding as an NFL quarterback in general. What he's actually seeing pre-snap, I'm not overly worried. I think he has a pretty good idea what he's seeing pre-snap. But as soon as he snaps the ball post-snap, I mean, it just seems like everything goes out the window, like Zach pointed out, if his first read isn't there. And he's not progressing uh, through his reads, period. And if he's progressing through his reads, it's to one side of the field. And it's just becoming very predictable. And again, um, when he doesn't get what he wants on the field, uh, when he's not progressing through whatever he's progressing through, then his eyes drop and he's taking off. And I mean, he took some pretty big shots in the game on Thursday. But overall, I think, at least for me, I think a lot of this comes down to the mental aspect. And this is something that I'm going to point out just because I was kind of a little irritated by it today. Uh, The Bears are doing a very good job of protecting Trubisky right now. And to me, uh, that's not a very good sign. When you have a highly drafted quarterback, the Bears traded up to get him. Uh, He was taken number two overall in the 2017 draft. This should not be a guy in his third year that is being protected by the the media relations staff. I'm sorry. That's just silly. And to have people asking questions about a game that just happened on Thursday, which is the first time that he's talked since the postgame, and for the Bears PR staff to basically say, we're not taking any questions on this, we're only talking about this, and we're only talking about uh, Denver, it just, to me at least, that, that, that says a lot more 
uh, about where Trubisky is. And again, I think a lot of this is mental. And I mean, it's just kind of a question of if he can get past that when he's confident, when he doesn't have to think, when he can just go out there and throw the ball. Uh, he's a lot better of a quarterback. But again, consistency, that's that's really the biggest thing for him right now. God, Chad, that reminds me so much of Paxton Lynch. You too? Just hearing the same, oh, same don't comparisons. Say that. Please don't. <laughs> well, at least, at least Trubisky has some, some, a little bit more proven production, a lot more than Paxton Lynch ever had. Right, but you know the mental game and, and being consistent and, and not getting in his own head—that's just a Paxton Lynch special right now. But you know, Trubisky, young quarterback, potential franchise, maybe quarterback, coming off a bad game. He has Denver coming up, Vic Fangio coming up in Denver, tough place to play. What do you guys think the Bears are going to do against the Broncos defense, which is just as good as the Bears defense, you know, the same kind of team, really good defense, shaky offense. Do they come in there and they establish the run more with Trey Cohen? Do they let Trubisky, you know, air out the ball more and work his confidence back? What do you guys foresee the Bears game plan being on offense? This well, week? Yeah. I, think common, I think common knowledge here would say that, or at least, you know, what we saw last week, you established the run. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You have to establish the run. You you went out and you signed Mike Davis to a two-year, $6 million deal. It's not a ton of money, but you went out and you made him a priority free agent. Then you go and you don't have a pick until the third round, and you trade up and you get David Montgomery. Uh, I mean, it, at this point in time, fit was the biggest knock last year on Jordan Howard and why the run game never got going. They've got the fit. They have the same offensive line they had last year. They returned all five starters. They've got to establish the run game. Uh, I think that's going to be a big thing. And again, like I kind of pointed out with Trubisky uh, before, getting him not to think. I mean, it, don't drop him back and give him three or four seconds to read the field. Drop him back and and, and just a quick, short passing game. Get some get some sort of confidence established. And I, at least to me, that would that would be what I would do. I'm hoping that's what they do. But unfortunately, with Matt Nagy, as good of an offensive mind as he is. He's still a work in progress as a play caller. Maybe Zach has more to add to this, but I don't. I don't know if it's going to be just as simple as you know. You see what they need to do and they do it, but that's kind of what we're hoping for, at least. Yeah, I mean, Aaron hit it spot on right there. I mean, you have to come out and establish the run. You know, a guy like Tariq Cohen was a big factor in in the receiving game, um, but he he didn't have a single carry. They went away from the run against the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think it was like twelve attempts, twelve rushing attempts that were actually called. And I was talking to someone about this the other day. You know, in the fourth quarter, or second half, actually, I think they only had two or three total rushing attempts called. And if I told you that, you'd probably think, you know, the Bears were down by 30 or the score was 62-63 as a shootout. It was a one-possession game the entire game, whether it was the Bears leading 3 nothing or um, Green Bay grabbing the lead. Matt Nagy had an awful game as a play caller and something he struggled with. Uh, listening to him, though, from that post game and, and his two other press conferences he's done now Monday and today, uh, I I, I kind of got a vibe that, yeah, he knows he screwed up and, and it's time to fix it and he knows what he's got to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't get easy because Vic Fangio knows Matt Nagy's offense. They've gone against each other in training camp all of last year and in practices. So I, I think the Bears are going to have to come out, establish a run, and, and kind of not – hold back Trubisky. I hate using that, but essentially hold him back and not put him in situations where, you know, he has to force the ball down the field and he, and he's thrown it again, 35, 40, 45 times. Man. Well, uh, let me ask you this. So as we all know, Vic Fangio bails from his four year tenure as the Chicago bears defensive coordinator. And I'm sure that was, uh, you know, sad parting for, for those of you covering the, the bears and the fans probably didn't like seeing that after, the Bears finished number one in almost every major statistical defensive category last year. 
But fan, I'm curious what the what the perception was of that move. Fangio finally getting his head coaching job and all that. But also what the general view has been on Chuck Pagano coming in and trying to maintain that momentum that Fangio was finally able to build up. That seemed like that missing piece was getting Khalil Mack last summer and then just kind of adding wood to the fire, as John Gruden likes to say, on hard knocks throughout the season. What's been the, the perception or what have you guys seen from Chuck uh, Pagano and whether or not he's going to be able to keep that going. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's disappointing to lose a guy like Vic, uh, great defensive mastermind. I thought he was perfect coordinator um, for this defense, but through week one, there really hasn't been a drop off with Chuck Pagano all off season. I mean, the talk from the national media was, all right, the Bears defense can't do this again. They're going to regress. And and Aaron and I have said it on the podcast numerous times. Even if that defense regressed to number five, you know, their top five defense, as long as Trubisky takes that step, they'll be fine. Obviously, it doesn't look like Trubisky's taking that step. But the defense doesn't look like it's regressed. Uh, they didn't get a turnover in week one, which hurt them a little bit. But it was just not realistic to come out and think that these guys are going to you know, replicate what they did last season takeaway-wise. Um, through that first game so far, I, I've been impressed with what Pagano's done. It, it, it doesn't look like they've missed a beat. And you look at that Packers lone touchdown that they had in that game. On that drive, the Bears had their backup safety, Deion Bush, in. And he bit hard on a play fake that led to like a 45-yard reception. And then Jimmy Graham just went up over him and got the ball in the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, there could be some regression, but their front seven is nasty. You look at that game against Green Bay, Cleo Mack didn't have a sack. Okay. And um, linebackers coach, uh, we actually got to talk to him yesterday. He said that was the best game he's seen Cleo Mack or any linebacker play in his coaching career because just of how he affected everything else. The Packers would chip him, they'd put a double team on him. And that let guys like Roy Robertson Harris and Akeem Hicks and all those guys up front get to the action. So as long as you have the playmakers, the Bears have the playmakers, they're really good players on the defense. I don't I just don't see much of regression at all. Well, I think there's there's another kind of big key here is is I, I think they run similar defenses. I, I think that's kind of one of the things that we've kind of seen, at least from Pagano so far. I, I think really there's there's two main differences, and I think it kind of comes in the strong suit department. I think that Vic Fangio, at least in my mind, is a better defensive coordinator. I'm definitely not selling him short at all. But I, in terms of what they do, I think Fangio is just more creative. He's just he's a more creative defensive mind, and usually that's going to be rewarded. I mean, Zach kind of pointed out, uh, you know, Pagano put Deion Bush on the field and – Two plays. I mean, it literally two plays, the two big plays that the Packers had on their only uh, touchdown drive of the entire game came from Deion Bush being lost in coverage. Uh, he was 20 yards away from anything that was going on, and then he gave up the touchdown to Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham just made him look like a toddler. But, uh, you know, so I, I think that's kind of the big thing with Fangio that you're going to get, you know, the, the consistencies, uh, the, the the focus on outside linebackers. I mean, that's always kind of been his thing. And then with Chuck Pagano, I think it's more of a progression. And I think, at least for some Bears fans, uh, including myself, I think that's going to be kind of fun to watch because that's the thing with Vic Fangio. There wasn't a lot of aggression. That's not a bad thing. I mean, obviously, he he put together some very, very good defenses for the Bears. Uh, but if there was one real uh, knock a hat on him through his years with the Bears, it was always, especially in late game situations, it seems like the Bears kind of 
almost dialed it back a little bit and a little, little bit too much at times. And obviously they won those games and there was never really a time where their defense choked anything away, but it was still a little frustrating to watch versus a guy like Pagano where I think the, the foot's going to be more on the gas. I think you're going to see more blitzes from him. I mean, we already kind of have, you're going to see uh, more creative. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Pass rushing, uh, just in the in the sense that you're always not gonna you're not always gonna see the same guys in the front four rushing. You're gonna see Roquan Smith, and then you're gonna see Danny Trevathan. You're gonna see uh, you know different DBs uh, rushing the quarterback as well. And they don't have to just be blitzes. I mean, they could just be four man rushes. So I think that overall. Kind of like Zach pointed out, uh, the the big thing for the Bears right now is the fact that they have so much talent on that defense. I think it would be a little bit different of a situation if this was two years ago uh, when they were still kind of building. They had some pieces like Leonard Floyd, like Akeem Hicks, like Eddie Goldman, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson, stuff like that. But they didn't have the complete package of what they have right now. But I think because they have so much talent on that defense, I mean – Regression to a certain extent is probably going to be expected in general, even if Fangio was still there, uh, at least from a turnover standpoint, just because they were so good in that department last year. And historically speaking, you're usually not going to see that from a, you know, carry over from a year to year basis. But I, I do think even if they drop back to the top five, I think they're fine. Um, it's just really going to come down to, again, the Bears offense. And that's that's really going to be the big question mark. Uh, and regardless of if the Bears draw, you know, stayed the same defensively, got better defensively or dropped off a little bit, none of that's going to matter if the offense looked like it did uh, last Thursday. I kind of have a, a defensive specific one last question about the defense. And because you guys both touched on it, it's, it's one thing to lose Vic Fangio and the coaching and the scheme. But you guys lost Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan. Even though Callahan hasn't played for Denver yet, he's been on the shelf with a foot injury. It was still a big loss for the Bears. And because I think the Broncos would be smart to you know air the ball out more this week and, and kind of stretch that Bears defense out vertically, um, I wonder how that, that Bears secondary would hold up. So can you guys tell me how Pagano has has mended that unit by after losing two key pieces and, and what could, we could expect Sunday uh, against Joe Flacco in the Broncos passing game? Well, I think... The, the big thing with the with the Bears defense and it, really with the Bears in general right now is for the longest time they had a, 
a bad roster. I mean, there's just really no other way to put it. They had a bad roster. They had a ton of cap space. They were able to spend on whatever they want. And cap space is never an issue. Now that the Bears are getting better, now that they're drafting better, now that they're developing their own talent and having to re-sign some of their own guys, they had to make some tough decisions. And Bryce Callahan was was one of them. Adrian Amos was one of them as well. Uh, they wanted both players back, but at a certain price point. And obviously, when you're a really good team and you're coming off a really good year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, there's it's going to garner a lot of attention. And that's pretty much what happened with both guys. Now, I'm not going to minimize uh, what either player did for the Bears because they were both very good players. I think Adrian Amos, even though he had the interception against uh, Mitch Trubisky on uh, the, on Thursday, I think Adrian Amos was the more replaceable of the two. And this is kind of something that I've had to tell fans most of the offseason is the Bears have a really talented defense, a very talented defense. And when you start going back and you start ranking these guys 1 through 11 or 1 through 12, if you want to count the nickel position, which I guess you would in the case of Bryce Callahan, uh, you know, what do these guys actually rank? And I mean, for as good as as good as those players are, uh, I had Bryce Callahan, I think it was seventh overall, and I think I had Adrian Amos right around ninth overall. And that's the thing is, unfortunately, sometimes you can't afford to pay those guys. Now, it's not gonna, that's not meant to say that Haha, Clint Dix and uh, Buster Screen are going to be able to step in right away and, and play at that same level. But what I do think it means is that because of the amount of talent the Bears have on defense, I think that the drop-off that both players are going to have, especially – I wasn't a big fan of the Buster Screen signing. He, he looked pretty good on Thursday. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But I wasn't a huge fan of that move to begin with. But even if you have the drop-off – the overall talent level um, and just really what uh, what Pagano's doing defensively, I don't think that there's going to be that one move where you're just looking at it and you say, oh, wow, the Bears have that one really big hole on defense. So that's kind of my perspective. Again, I'm not trying to downplay either one of those two players, but I think the Bears are kind of in one of those positions where – you're going to see guys like that kind of fall off. You're going to see certain players that may be more role players, maybe kind of more bottom end importance for the team uh, that may go elsewhere and play a big role for that team. Again, Bryce Callahan's a great player, great player. I'm not minimizing him at all because I love Bryce Callahan. I mean, really the only knock on him is, is durability, which you guys are kind of seeing right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't really add much more to that. Cause that's, that's pretty spot on uh, to kind of go with that though. Like, like Aaron said, you can't really pay everyone. And you have a guy like Eddie Jackson who looks like he's going to be a star in this league. You're gonna have to pay him soon. And I, and I think, you know, with the Amos thing, um, he Amos kind of struggled before Jackson got here. He only, I think he only has five, four or five uh, career interceptions. And of course the one interception that Trubisky threw last week just had to be a floater to Adrian Amos. So when, when Eddie Jackson was back there with Amos, I thought Amos played a lot better. But when you look at the tape without Eddie Jackson, Amos kind of struggled. And, and if you go back and look at his interceptions, it's not like this guy's jumping routes and making you know great plays. It's A lot of his interceptions have come off of tip passes or, or floated passes. Um, you look at the Eagles game last season, uh, Nick Foles floated at least two or three passes his way. And Adrian Amos pretty much just misjumped both of them. That should have been interceptions. So... Amos is a good player. I think you could afford to lose him, especially if you replace him with a guy like Haha Clinton Dix, who I know he gets a bad rap, but I didn't think he was really that bad. I mean, he might struggle a little bit in tackling, but like I said, you got a guy like Eddie Jackson. It, it, as long as you plug in a veteran or someone who understands the position well and doesn't just completely screw up, I think you should be fine. Um, I was, like Aaron said, I was more concerned about losing Callahan than um, Amos. So. So far, I mean, Buster Screens look like he's been pretty fine as a fill-in, and, and the whole thing with Cam- uh, the whole thing with Callahan is 
like Aaron said, a good player, just struggled to, to you know just stay healthy. And, and this Bears secondary, they're talented. Kyle Fuller had a breakout year last year. You have Eddie Jackson, Prince of Mukamura is a good veteran, um, and so far uh, Buster Screens look like he's he's going to be pretty good in the slot. All right, guys, last question and a prediction. Kind of a weird question, but of course, and we also want to know exactly how you guys see this game shaking out. But who is on either side of the ball? Who's the one player the Broncos should fear that no one's really talking about? And then, of course, give us your prediction for this game. Um, I mean, I'll go first. So, let's see. Uh, I don't – I'll I'll go with defense, but I don't know necessarily if no one's really talking about him because I've heard some national guys. But I'm going to go Roy Robertson-Harris just because he had a huge game against the Packers last week with, with the sack and um, a couple pressures. Uh, he He's a guy that actually Vic Fangio's praised a couple times um, in, in his career with, with the Bears. And he's a guy that – I mean, he's got great length. He's fast. Uh, he's a guy that can you know, could be a game wrecker, especially if the Broncos do chip someone like Cleo Mack and maybe focus a little more on Akeem Hicks. I think that opens it up for Roy Roberts and Harris to to have another big game. Um, as far as prediction, you know, I think the Bears are going to win. I don't think it'll be easy though. Um, the altitude is probably going to get to them. We saw them struggle with the heat in Miami. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's it's supposed to be pretty damn hot in Denver on Sunday. I think right. You know, I'm not actually sure. I haven't checked the weather on that. I, th- I think I read somewhere it's supposed to be low 90s, uh, maybe in the 80s. I don't know. I, I forgot where I heard that from. But um, I think it's going to be closer. I think the Bears are actually going to win. I'm going to go um, – I'll go, let's see, 20 – I'll go 20 to 17 Bears. And I guess I'm kind of on the, the opposite end of the spectrum of both these. I'm going to go with an offensive side of uh, offensive side of the ball, uh, offensive player, and that's going to be David Montgomery. Again, I don't know, you know, it, it, if you're watching last week's game, you're probably not going to be talking much about anybody on the offense outside of maybe Trubisky and how bad he was. But Montgomery's, I, I think he's a big key, big key to this offense. I don't think there's any other way around it. I was shocked that he only got seven touches on Thursday. Uh, he looked good when he was running the ball. He had that one fantastic catch. Uh, I, I think he's the X factor for the Bears offensively. I think if the Bears are going to win this game, he's got to be heavily involved in both a short passing game and obviously as a runner. Um, he breaks tackles. He fits inside zone uh, very well, and that's exactly what the Bears have been trying to establish since Matt Nagy came to town. Um, now, in terms of predictions, again, I'm going to go uh, a little bit different here than Zach. Uh, I think this is the first time we've disagreed in a while. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Broncos. I, I think it's going to be another ugly game for the Bears offensively. I think there's going to be a lot more panic with Trubisky. The, the big thing here that stands out to me um, is I think – Overall, I think they're pretty evenly matched. The the one thing that I, I just can't get past, and I've always kind of sided with, uh, you know, historic trends, is the fifty one eight and two. I, I think I may slightly be off on that, but either way, uh, the, since the merger, the Broncos. I'm sure you guys know this stat. I, I don't even know why I'm saying it, but the the fact that the Broncos are so good at home uh, within their first two games is just it's it's incredible. And I mean, just kind of going back to recent history, at least for the Bears and Broncos. Anyway, the Bears have not beat the Broncos as of late. So I've always been one to side with history. It's the same thing uh, with the Bears last year with the Dolphins. I went against that, even though Brock Osweiler is starting for the Dolphins, and I picked the Bears, and I immediately regretted that decision. There's just something with history. And the Bears and the fact that they there's games that they look like they should win on paper and they don't. And I think this is kind of one of those games where maybe they're a little bit more talented. Maybe they're a little bit more established in terms of roster and head coach and all that. But I just I don't know. I don't I don't have a good feeling about this for the Bears. So I'll go 13-10 Broncos. 
Before you guys close, I do want to say something on Aaron's point about the Bears not, you know, historically struggling with the Broncos. One of the worst games in my Bears fandom was like that Tebow game I knew against you were the Bears. Say that, dude. Oh, Marion Barber running out of bounds. Yep. Literally, I, 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 I'm going to the grave with this. Cost the Bears a playoff spot that year. <laughs> Jeez. Because Cutler got hurt. All they needed to do essentially was win like two games. Yep. They needed to finish like two and two or something like that, and. Marion Barber running out of bounds oh, yeah. had a trickle effect to the Tebow magic, the long field goal. And then they lost a game in Oakland. They had no business of losing. And they lost a the game with the Chiefs on a Hail Mary at the end of the first half by mm. um, Dexter McCluster. It was a 7-0 game. Mm. And it was a Hail Mary was the deciding factor in the best of playoffs. It just, sorry, it was just, it haunts me. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the most miraculous. You want to talk about the Tebow miracles, you know, that seven-game stretch they went on. That was one of the most miraculous because it wasn't just, you know, uh, the Broncos making plays. Like, literally, you had Bears guys just stepping on their you-know-whats. Uh, Marion Barber, of course. But that stat you're looking for, Aaron, is according to the Broncos game capsule, their press release they sent us, Quote, Denver enters Sunday's game against Chicago with a 45-13-1 all-time record in home openers, including a 17-1 mark in its last 18 such games. So that's a pretty strong stat, but let me, uh, let me also remind you guys of this. Going into last week, the Broncos had won the last seven uh, opening games, and this one was on the road, so that kind of threw them off a little bit. So I think uh, statistical things right now throw them out the window because this is a team trying to find itself. But, guys... Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insight. Of course, we've got Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming here of the Bear Report Podcast. Just tell our listeners where to find you guys. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can follow the uh, Bear Report on uh, Twitter at, at Bear Report. And you can find me at Aaron Lemming, NFL. Uh, Lemming with one M. Uh, not, not the animal, but close to it. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. Been a true pleasure, and I'm sure we'll do this again in the near future. And uh, good luck on the season. Yeah, thanks, man. Good luck to you guys. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, great conversation with Zach and Aaron. You guys, make sure you follow them on, on Twitter. And, yeah, check out their, their football podcast because even though it's the Broncos only have the Bears this week, those guys clearly know what they're talking about, and they're they're just great follows. Even if you don't subscribe on on uh, their podcast, I still advise that you do. They're overtime brethren, but make sure you follow them on Twitter. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can find my partner Zach Kelberman on Twitter at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned because we are going to be back in the saddle tomorrow with the Mile High Mailbag. YouTube listeners, check the community tab on the Mile High Huddle channel. We'll post a a, uh, spot there for you guys to get your questions in for this week's mailbag. Twitter also will be putting a call out and you don't even need to wait till the call out. If you've got questions for us, just hit us up at Huddle Up Pod or even on our personal accounts and we will put you into the rotation for the mailbag. In the meantime, have a good night. Have a great day. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 